Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 110. Uh, that way. <laughs> that dude <laughs> is John Schwengel. The episode starts right now. Okay, let's run that again. Well, people, this is episode 21. This is the Option Podcast. I'm your host with the most. I'm Jason DeBeas. And you guys have asked and asked and asked and I deliver because I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. John Schwengel. What's up, man? Happy to be here, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. Let's, um, so before we got on the podcast, you said you were doing some training out in Long Beach a little bit? Uh, yeah, down here in Long Beach in Huntington. Um, trying to get out whenever I can right now. Doesn't really feel like a whole season happened, you know? Yeah. Still kind of fresh, me and Devin. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Corey? Say that again? Devin and Corey or? Or Devin Berkey. No, Devin Berkey. Oh, yeah. we're definitely, dude. We're, this is a conversation, not an interview, but we're definitely going to be in interview mode because this is this oh, yeah. is quite the path the two of you have taken and some discoveries and in, in, in mid transformation that I have, as you know, I have witnessed firsthand and yeah, and really You're wish on the I could. for one of them. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let's start there. Um, Manhattan Beach. Yeah. I'm coaching Jeff Samuels, right? I'm um and um Kyle Ratty. We got Kyle Ratty off the construction site <laughs> and yeah. and into the deep sand, you know, and yeah. you know, everything's going well and you know, we win the first game by a lot and then something yeah. happens. We you guys make a couple of adjustments and yeah, Jeff's a strong personality. Um him and Kyle take took a while for them to to make adjustments and even though we won that game it felt like a loss until Chicago, until I saw you guys play in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> until I saw you guys play in Chicago. First of all, let's go to Manhattan Beach. Let's talk a little shot because that game, that that game on YouTube right now is already, it already it got like a thousand views in the first half day. So, um, well, that's what happens when, you know, guys like Jeff, they on a national scale, he moves the needle. Yeah. He travels around and, and so do you. What was... If you can remember, because there's, it seems like there's so many tournaments between Manhattan Beach and now, doesn't it? Even though it was just last yeah. month, <laughs> doesn't it seem like last year? Um, what was from between game one and game two? Talk to me. What was what was one of the adjustments uh, that you made as a defender or Devin Berkey made at the net? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, man, y'all smoked us the first game, um, twenty-one, like thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Yeah. And then um no 14 was the game you smoked us that was the second okay. set but, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah um i think we kind of split serves we were serving the win side um made the adjustment to the second set just to serve ratty and then i just told devin to stay over low low pressing uh up and early over the net and we kind of just really made our side out game more consistent really chilled out i just played our game a little bit devin was a little freaked out to play jeff Jeff had beaten us pretty bad in Wapaka uh, too with Dylan. So he was kind of in his head a little bit, but we both steadied out and kind of just gave you guys a much better uh, second set. There's, yeah. 
John, there's nothing like a good old ass whooping on a good team that makes that that makes you get rid of any any jitters or whatever or, or psychological block that prevents you from beating certain teams. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the same thing happened to us in uh, in Chicago too. Uh, Thursday, um, first match against Peter Canal, uh, Leela Tucker. They beat us like twenty-one to thirteen or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, we got him where we want him. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We were like talking a little shit the night before on Instagram and stuff too. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I had a different mindset after Chicago. Um, cause it, that game in Manhattan Beach was weird. That was the game that a lot of people felt you guys should have won. You had um, yeah. you had match I think point. We had, we had you guys like uh, it was match point, the, and you got a dig three or something. Yeah, we had match point on you twice. Yeah, uh, twice, two of them. Yeah, that was that yeah. was one we wish we could have back. But Jeff and Kyle played very well in the end. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did we, they, they did take it to some degree, but at the same time too, we did we did kind of give a lot to them. When we switched sides on fifteen up, I said you got. I said you effed up. You know, um, and I was I was saying it to you guys, but not really. I was like, if if like Jeff, when he switched sides, there was a sense of urgency uh, um, where they're like he was like, dude, if we were going to lose, it was probably going to be one of those two points. So now let's go to Chicago. Talk me. Walk me through. Actually, let's go. um, I was going to go on BVB and and walk me as I'm looking for BVB. Walk me through because. For the people, excuse me, I'm bumbling. For the people listening, right, and the people watching a video version of this, uh, mm-hmm. on the three-stop tour, the qualifiers are now two days. Yeah, I'll say for it again: people. the qualifiers, the, the qualifiers, like lower points. Yeah, right. The qualifiers were two days, so some people, and it's and the reason I'm setting you up for this, yeah. in my estimation, there wasn't one team that made phase one and phase two to the draw in fact yeah. almost all of those teams lost the first round so i think uh i think it was marty from the avp who told us the stat um phase one teams up up until last that tournament were one in or one for 16 in matches on uh, thursday so they just won one out of the 16 that they played so let's go through these i'm gonna zoom in on some of these Oh, let's sick. see the schwango dude this is what happens when COVID happens and you got to tech your yeah. show you become you become an expert <laughs> Thanks, porter and porter moran smith oh this is the wrong one so let's let's go back for a second that's manhattan beach i'll take us to chicago in a minute so i um i've coached some players rob mclean he he made phase one that day um, I'm Rob's yeah. coach, and Rob, Rob, by the way, Rob looks terrific right now. Um, and he always has. He just had. To and figure- I did for sure before uh, for COVID. And dude, mm-hmm. I played. Uh, I played New York 2019. Yep. I think, with Rob. Yeah. yeah. Physically. Yeah, physically, he's always had it. He just had to fix the software. You know, yeah. the the hardware was fine, right? Sometimes, right? He yeah. st- he still reaches eleven five. He can still block or play back row. He's still he's still a hybrid player and yeah, and, and hit with the right and left too. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. So here it is. Let's go to qualifier, and I'll zoom in. There we go. So yeah. you played Green and Jimenez. Jimenez is a pretty good player. I like that guy. Dude, they they were good. They beat us the first set. Yep. Uh, yep. If 
Yeah, which kind of puts you in jeopardy, right? Because if they're going to win, yeah. if they, I mean, they have any chance of winning the match, power, it has to be man. that first set, right? They have to win that first set. It's a lot of pressure on them. Um, and then you guys, that's phase one, people, for everybody watching. Phase two, Landell on Prima, they did well. Dude, Partain and Lotman made the semifinals from the qualifier. Yeah. Um, of course, the um, the Brazilians, right? Mastrini and Mastrini made... Um, the finals through the qualifier they went to the finals losing subsequently losing to april on alex so here it is canola and tucker right zooming on that for people who on their phones i'm gonna do y'all that favor you're welcome um yeah first game like you said kind of kind of went how how others thought it went um and the two the only two people that thought they're gonna win this match were the two of you i i i didn't i'm I'm gonna tell you to your face i I didn't i didn't think you're gonna win that match but just just the same and then you're kind of in the catbird seat because you took down a higher seed but we both know emory and boag are not an easy out though chemistry wise i didn't i didn't see how their you know this first this first time team would just instantly you know gel and then Beating David Lee and Kyle Friend, always a tough out. Congratulations, you made the the main draw on that. What was some of the things? All right, I'm gonna do a two part question. This is a John Mayer thing, um, because yeah. John Mayer and I work together a lot. In fact, I'm wearing wearing those colors today. I was his assistant in 2018 for the women's beach team. Um, what's one thing you thought Devin did in the qualifier? That if you could give me one thing you thought he did well that helps you win some of these games? Um, I'd say the number one thing was his setting. Um, that's one thing we really figured out and kind of pieced together that uh, that, that last tournament. Um, I got every single serve basically throughout the entire qualifier. So he was able to just keep it in the, the same spot, really nice and consistent and make it as easy as, easy as possible on me. Um, I mean, and then just blocking too. He's always been a monster. He's like, six eight i don't know something like that but uh he's always been huge but just kind of figured out really where to put his hands and um kind of the timing on the moves and everything so i'd say i mean number one thing is the setting blocking comes next but he's always been kind of unservable he's a good passer he's touching like i don't know something close to 12 feet out of the sand and so it's 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 tough to go after that so everybody's been going after me and the setting just like really came together yeah. Well, listen. Any yeah. any player would tell you whether they're getting their triple A rating or whether they are um, they're on the world scene. You see a big yeah. guy. They don't. The question everybody asks is, "How's this set?" Because yeah. <laughs> right, you already know. Unless he's going to option you to death, he's he's not going to get served, right? Um, so it's the reason Greg Faulkner plays fours, and not, and, and not, you know, and he's the first one everyone calls to play fours, but the last the last person everyone calls to play doubles. So our Manhattan sixes, uh, yeah, very well said. Um, now uh, my turn. I'm gonna bounce. I thought one thing I thought he did well because I I was able to follow some of your matches. Thanks thanks yeah. to um, live streaming. We we've been we've been this really good volleyball family the last three years with live streaming. It's particularly Evan yeah, Corey, sure. Evan Corey, Dylan Cox. Um, you know me whenever I'm there and whenever I can. Um, in fact, I got scoreboards on my live streams now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one thing that's really been like yeah got improved recently is just any tournament that's going on if you want to watch it you've generally been able to it's really cool 
And that's just, to me, that's just people keeping pro- their promises. I, I don't like people that preach that we need to be a family. We we need to unite and be one big heart. And then, you know, that symbolism is not followed by any form of volleyball activism, what I call volleyball activism. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's one thing I thought that Berkey did well. Physically, yeah. I thought he did a really good job setting his feet and planting. Like, if he knew where the set was going to be, if it was a high set, all of a sudden the percentages of of him blocking it, touching it, or you hitting out changed drastically. I bring your yeah. attention to Kyle Ratty, right? He, um, he his supercomputer fixed it. You yeah. Know? Uh, so much to a point where I actually told Ratty to switch right side. And just run the back set. Instead, they just switch right side and hit right side. And I'm just like, yeah. fine. But mm-hmm. I mean, because I don't think I don't think I think that got lost in translation. I'm just I'm like, we can't very much like Prima, like left mm-hmm. Prima. You cannot have that person just sit there and wait on you and expect them yeah. not to self-correct. So um, you're going to say something because, uh, you know, I can keep rolling all day. What are you going to say? Um, See, something about Ratty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that match and how kind of like you were saying, like uh, with that set and kind of it was kind of a result of the passing, too. I feel like we were serving well and getting him to pass all over the place. But Devin really wasn't able to ever set his feet anywhere. He was kind of always reaching for stuff. Um, Jeff is a great setter, too. So he was able to put it in the right spot. But um, yeah, and then I don't know. Like you said, Kyle just kind of fixed it, fixed himself when it counted. Yeah, his supercomputer corrected. It was like, have you ever seen, what was that, Justice League movie when, like, the Flash tried to sneak up on Superman from behind? And, oh, yeah, like, bro. and, like, he's, <laughs> and, like, everything, like, everything silent. slows down. And it's, yeah, Superman does this, like, the corner of his eye. And he's like, oh, shit, that's what it looked like with Devin Berkey did. He kind of, like, he kind of self, his supercomputer self corrected. And, um, so that's from a physical point. From a psychological standpoint, He's one of these players that plays better when he keeps the mood light. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. He, uh, I don't want some dickhead coming up to him saying you got to be more intense. You got to take this more seriously. No, this this is how he plays serious volleyball. He keeps the mood light. His muscles are loose. So you and you 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 know you're his partner and I'm and I'm a, I'm a hand I'm a um, hands off the the football to you and you can you and you carry the rest of that for me. Keeping the mood light. Go. Yeah. No. So. Um, that is one thing that we've like kind of tugged back and forth on. Like I'm pretty serious and just like to not really celebrate that much. I like to always look to the next point and be super analytical and kind of always strategizing. And he, like you were saying, he definitely is a lot better when it's kind of the mood's light, we're having fun, um, getting points, celebrating, high-fiving afterwards. So it's something we've kind of, we, especially towards Chicago, we, we had to like meet the middle at, um, kind of do a little bit of both to be able to succeed. But um yeah same same thing in the main draw when we got on center court he was a bit nervous but then as soon as he started bouncing balls and getting blocks and stuff he would celebrate and start playing a lot better and uh same thing as all these tournaments like we're talking about we got killed the first set and then kind of made adjustments and came back and one of those adjustments was just kind of coming out with a little bit more energy which then got us a little less tense and being able to uh have more fun it's better for Devin. Play, play them a better set. It is. Look, I don't know what made this guy kind of like roll off the couch and be like, I think I want to stay. I think I want to take a real step with this volleyball thing. <laughs> but as far as having a partner in crime or an accessory to, to, 
to to what he's doing. I I really really like that you guys are a good team. Um, are are playing together. Um, yeah. and We're having a lot of fun, man. It's, yeah, it's just... a lot of fun to play with. He's a lot of fun to travel with. Um, even though even when we lose bad, like Atlanta, we played phase one. We made it to the mm-hmm. Thursday qualifier, but then we just went. Oh, one got kind of murdered by uh, Vaughn Clemens, and uh, I mean, pissed off for an hour or two. But then after that, just have a fun trip, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, his father's exactly. very supportive too. Um, yeah, one of, one of the best yeah, volleyball mom. fathers ever, man. He's just out yeah. there. He's intense. I, I, I chat with that guy all the time, man. Yeah, Vaughn's a good guy. He's mm. he's really funny. He's fun to travel with as well. We've taken. Oh, did he go to Atlanta? No, he went to he came to Chicago and then he uh, he took one other trip with us. I think it was to like Texas and Florida or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. It was to Texas and Florida. Right. Um, yeah, I like. Well, he's also handsome as fuck too. Like I, I was at Tower Twelve one night and I was like, I need you to stand next to me so I can sport you. And he's like, What is what does sporting mean? And I'm like, I, I, you know, young cat. I, I I tell you on on along the way. I'll tell you as we go, as we just as we just keep on attracting the hens, you know. But um, yeah. It's, okay. All right. I'll I'll freaking say it. Sporting means you need um in order to to make other girls that make you think you're good looking, you need a good looking guy next to you. So, you know, sporting. Or if you have a good looking girlfriend, yeah. like uh, um, like what do people think of her? Well, you can sport her. <laughs> you know. So, but it's sexist when you say it about women. So, guys, guys, we're not a protected class, Never and that's okay. Sorry, that. sorry, okay. Devin Berkey. Um, now. From you, I'm going to ask a different question. Yeah. If you, and this is retrospective, we're going to go to Chicago, only talking about the last two tournaments because Atlanta is 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, if there is one thing you thought you could have done better, let's go to Chicago first. Okay. Give me one thing fundamentally that you um, want, wanted to do a little bit better. Um, uh, going into the next tournament, that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd say uh, <clears throat> number one thing is pa- passing can always be better. Um, just finding that perfect and consistent spot. Cause like, like, like I was saying, um, De- Devin's biggest struggle probably in his game right now is with his setting. So if I can give him that perfect pass, it just makes it so much easier for him and myself. Um, the only other thing I can really think of, think of is just physicality. Gaining some pounds this offseason, jumping higher, hitting harder, kind of getting that same that same plan with the, the really big boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for you, just continue to, I would say, just continue to hone your technique and allow the power thing to take care of itself. There are people who are your size and your build that are hitting the shit out of the ball, right? Taylor Crabb, um, I'm not not anyone by any stretch of the imagination anyone would consider muscular, right? But he's got good technique. He's got he's got something my friend calls the queen's wrist. Um, I have a friend, Ren Osborne, lives in New York. Um, all he does is dance. <laughs> I'm like, you know, look, look, he's not out there playing an, an elite sport, but he, I, I think if he took it more seriously, um, retrospectively, he could have. So it's one of those things where, of course, take care of your physical conditioning. But if you have a technique that's getting stronger um, off offensively, allow that to get stronger on its own. Um, practice question. And uh, I'll give you an example. John Mayer, uh, LMU, when we do receiving drills, passing drills and receiving drills, he yeah. we assign each player to have something we call a passing focus. Um, so they, the girls come into the drill 
That girl's focus is straight and simple. That one is one move to the ball, right? That one is holds your platform, which which I'm huge on, which I'm big and um, I'm as a as an indoor coach, a former indoor yeah. coach, I'm really big on. So, how much? Um, what do you do in your drills and your practice drills? Like you want to get better at serve receive. How do you approach that? How does your coach approach that with you? Um, well, I say something similar. Um, try and talk before every practice and give yourself three goals on three things you want to get better at. Better at. Um, you can focus on one thing at a time or all three. Um, so I'd say pa like passing per se. I'd say uh, if. Uh, if I want to get better at passing towards the net, we just start with some serve receive and really kind of hone it in until maybe I get 10, 15, 20 perfect passes, switch sides, do the same thing, then kind of move from there into a little bit more game like um, have somebody serve us, get the pass, just the set, and then maybe just standing, snap it over, same thing, good until like, yeah, like 10, 20 good ones. Um, and then just kind of like, starting very basic and then evolving it into the game-like situation. I'm really big into that. It's kind of, it's what I feel like is the most like implemented type of type of practice. Yeah, hundred percent. The reason yeah. why we do one focus, because at the end of the day, you're not going to not play, do the other things around it, right? You're going to play volleyball yeah, around absolutely. it. Um, me as a coach, like if someone's focus in that drill is hold their platform, we can see it. Like we've been doing this long enough where like where because uh, what I like to do at the end of the drill, I want to I, I want to guess. And yeah. to me, if I can't guess either I'm something I'm missing or they didn't or they forgot that they, they yeah. somewhere in the middle of the drill, they forgot what their focus was. Like if someone's making one move to the ball, there's almost this exaggerated thing where the one move, their step is a little, their first step's a little bit bigger. They got the instant speed uh, on the hold. The hold is almost uh, dork, dorkily exaggerated. You know, you ever see Kelly Reeves play or, or Hart or Hart, um, or Hart Tong? They played in Atlantic City together. Hold. Uh, they were like the holds queens. Uh, um, so that's why I, I, as a coach, I do do one because if I think if you have two or three. It's very easy to forget to forget to forget one 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 when one of those two or three goes wrong. It's it's very easy yeah. to forget the other two because you're trying to fix that one when you could have just went into the drill with with just one to begin with. Um, yeah. So I like I like what you said. I like what you said. What about um, Chicago? No, no. I just said Chicago. What about uh, Manhattan Beach? There's one thing you uh -huh. thought you could have done a little bit better uh, fundamentally. Yeah. Is it still serve receive? Say that again. Was it still serve receive for a uh, Manhattan um, Beach? I mean, that's that's a good question. And then Ed, we were uh, we were automatically into phase two, so that was our that was our one match against you guys. So that was kind of different than the rest of ones the rest of the ones for us. Um, I mean, as far as the one thing I could have done better, um, I'd say the only thing is just. Uh, Maybe step to the ball better better on defense. I thought, especially towards the second and third set, my side out really cleaned up and kind of took shape, and I was siding out well. Yeah. Um, Y'all wanted Devin a little bit. He sided out well. We had that weird middle stretch in the third set where they just went on this little monster tear of getting real points. But, I mean, they were all earned and everything. Um, yeah, there, was a couple, there were a couple plays towards the end where 
there were balls I should have dug that either didn't come up or came up over the net or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been the difference. So, so like, if we, like if we're watching like that match, it's like one of those things where if you have a dig on match point, I think as a player, maybe maybe you might be asking my, yourself, um, was the execution of the dig? Uh, um, as far as it being a transitionable thing, transitionable is not a word, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> right? It's not a word. Uh, um, yeah. So if you, I think we as you as us as players, if we challenge ourselves, um, could my dig have been more? You know, what yeah. I'm saying something where he could put his hands on something that's um, like an option. Or I'm actually looking up the game right now as I'm talking to you. So forgive me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I can get to that last. Game. I don't know if you remember, but we go up, I think it's 15-14. I get, uh, we, ran, we run a four on Raddy when he's on that right side that you were talking about. Yep. Shoots a high line right into it, goes kind of short into the wind, and I dive with two hands to get it up, and it's an overpass right to him, and he puts it away. I mean, yeah. that, was our, that was our chance to win the game right there. That was. I'm actually going to it, actually. Here's the cool thing. Uh, the cool Dude, the cool thing about having a scoreboard God bless having a scoreboard. I'm going to actually, since we're talking about it, let's just, let's, I see 15, 16. I see, let's go to 14, 13 first. Because I, I wonder if you actually had a dig on that. Let's see. All right. Oh, man, my thing just, quite an attitude. There it is. All right, so this is 13 up. Isn't this cool? I could do this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. This is really sweet, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was when COVID happened, I had to learn how to tech my own show because my girls were. Oh my God! That's when I thought we were gonna lo- we were gonna lose. That gave you fourteen, right? Yeah. I think that's fourteen all. Oh. Yeah. No, that that was for fourteen all. No like, God. You know, we, all, we all thought that it was fourteen thirteen still because we thought it was frozen. So then, yeah, I think we get this point right here. What a great, what a great dig. Nice patience. Oh, Jeff hits the net. <laughs> no. Yeah, but so in our, in our minds I'm, right now, I'm scrolling that's what we're, that's what we're talking about right there. Go ahead. So in our minds, it's 14 all right there. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You've had a good good disguise on your four and five block switch too. Like, look at the balance. Oh, that's the one. Oh my God, look at your face. You're like, man, that's the one I should have had. So that's 15 up. Let's scroll ahead. Fully known and aware. Fuck up. Oh my God. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have you on the podcast. I'm trying to keep it positive. Let's go up and down. Wow, Jeff was almost overran that. He was. And then last play. Sorry. Oh, Kyle got um. Ready got the last. I think he got a block, right? He got a wrap up. All right, so let's do that. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Sorry. Oh man. Man, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to. No, but I really. I think. The reason why I showed the video is because I thought 
on some of the conventional plays, one block, two block, you did a really good job of staying home. Your first step was really good because your first step allowed you to have instant speed with your yeah. with the right to slow down as opposed to some people when their first step is small, they're doing a running man and they're still in the same spot. So um, whatever you're doing in practice, um, which you said you want to get, be get better at, I think I think you're already showing significant pr improvements even where you think you're flawed. So um, that was the, the, the whole point of the video. Um, and some of the switches, uh, the four blocks and the five block switches, or whatever or the piggybacks um you did a really good job just um disguising yourself Devin, yeah. devin's a good blocker man you can i mean that's that's the toughest part right it's like that balance between mm -hmm. hiding it and getting there early yep being able to like consistently get the dig so how um how good are you guys give uh, uh, giving each other permission to do that Say that again. How good are you guys, uh, uh, I guess, mentally, give, as far as giving each other permission to do that? Because as some people like, dude, oh, if I'm um, calling two, we're not switching. This is this is yeah. where I want you to be at that time. Don't be doing none of this freelance late switch, yeah, yeah. change call um, bullshit. Well, I'd say we definitely have like, I mean, because we've been playing together for so long too, like in our, in our minds as a team, what a perfect three or four is, or not even a perfect one, but what our basic three or four is. And then... Any, any changes to it will usually just be talked about throughout the match uh, or throughout the match saying like, oh, he's taking a second look, so hold it a little bit longer or he's seeing you on the way up, so maybe you just hold and dive into the seam, not the full angle, and I'll just run for the high line. Um, just small adjustments like that are made throughout the match, but I'd say as far as um, our understanding of the threes and fours and the timing behind it, it's we have kind of a basic one that is really consistent and we're able to give like a consistent look on. Yeah. You guys are a coach's wild dream, by the way. I mean, look, I as a look, I as a coach, I've coached some some players with strong personalities. I coach players who are kind of like self sufficient. They just they just need a couple of words here and there, like Rafu and Kevin, Rodriguez and Kevin McCullough. Like I worked with them before Manhattan Beach. They were qualifying for the draw. Actually I played in that tournament too. That was the only one I ever I ever played in. Just I was forty seven, just you coached too. Huh? And you coached as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the coach is telling, telling Kevin he can't be in the box, and Kevin's like, you know, f off. And then the and then the ref then the ref walks away because Kevin's got like diplomatic immunity, he has points. But, <laughs> but we they got in the draw and contenders bracket. They won like five straight matches before losing to um, um Todd Rogers um and Stafford um their last match. So you know I worked with Earl and Jake. Um, okay. that was Hermosa Beach. That was their first main draw. Um, Samuels, we work together every chance I get because Samuels is a very strong personality. And, and if you've ever played with him, you can't imagine like, like how someone can be that guy's coach. But, but surprisingly, if he knows you better and, and, if you, and if you practice with him and if you prepare with him before the tournament, right, there's the, the, it's yeah. different. So I've, I've got a tournament but, in with Jeff. We played one in the uh, yeah. or, uh, Huntington Pier, I believe. Okay, yeah. Just one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, again, strong personality, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying he's different. Not everybody, yeah. not everybody is the same. Some people are really, really easy to coach. Um, like the reason why you guys are coaches, Wild Dream, because you already guys, you guys already have a decent volleyball IQ, and you're 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 only trying to enlist people that are that are that are there to help you win. And there's so many coaches that that might be that. I mean, like I'm like if you guys ask me to do Chicago, I'm. Nah, I'll probably say no because it's, it's my kid's first day of school. So I, yeah. I didn't go for Jeff. I didn't go for Corey. I ain't go for nobody, <laughs> you know. So yeah. um, there's only one first day of school. So, yeah, um, so um, I'd like to at some point re 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 let let the, the partnership resurface. But there's yeah. some questions I wanted to get in because this is half interview, half podcast. Um, yeah. 
Let's start with what got you into volleyball. What? Why volleyball? What the hell? Yeah. Um, I mean, simple answer. My dad loves volleyball. He kind of wanted me to be able to play with him. Um, he'd got he'd get, have this Sunday uh, fours group that he'd go play out, go out to Playa del Rey and play with. Um, wanted me to be able to play with them, so I started. Then from there, Santa Monica Pier. That's when it was still like really popular. There's still the challenge course going on. Um, yeah, that was. That he kind of got he kind of got me into it with that fours group. I started to like it a little bit, just thinking it was fun messing around on the beach, and then I wanted to play at the uh, at the pier. And so he practiced with me until he thought I was good enough a little bit to uh, to sign up on a challenge court, and then start playing challenge games down there, and just slowly started getting better and better and better. And then uh, after that, uh, funny coincidence. I don't know if you know this at all. Anna Collier, you know her, of course. Yeah. She's, uh, mm-hmm. she's my godmother. <laughs> so then, like, yeah, she, uh, she, was, she was a little bit involved with getting me into volleyball, too. But then at a certain point, she saw me play and said, hey, he has to try out for High Performance USA. Did that, made it, uh, made it the first year, I think. And then from there, just kind of kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And everything happened. And just loved it also kept going so it's incestuous then you're just family godparents father this and that i get it there's something very interesting about that like i've been on the west coast for five years Mm. all right now in new york our incestuous relationships are on a global level we're here it's on a regional one like there's five or six zip codes everyone knows each other so it's not a big deal um for me it's like I'm at Barcelona, I'm at the Olympics, I'm having a conversation with the head coach from the Netherlands yeah. who's telling me why I should set instead of um hit outside. You know, I was I was on a, a German team. Uh, um, okay. I, um I was on a military community team and then a German club team. And then like what, a decade and a half later I'm coaching his kid in New York, Hunter High School. I'm I'm, I'm his kid's head coach. So that's that's, that's the fine. Netherlands, <laughs> right? <laughs> to that. Yeah. So it's, that's that's just the, like, or Tina Gurdina, right? Yeah. Uh, USC, Dane, Dane's a pair one player who was in the Olympics yeah. representing her country. Her, fa- her, her godfather, oldest Lucius of Latvia, is my volleyball mentor. He taught me how to um, coach indoor volleyball. So, really? So um, his name is oldest Lucius. He's a UCLA guy. He was a wrestler. And and I guess a fourth string setter, but he ain't setting. If you got Karch Karan Sinjin running the six two, you're just not. Yeah. You're just ain't gonna get that playing time. So, you know, uh, Rick Rick Amon, who played with Karch at UCLA, he's he's my on my beach mentor. He's in Puerto Rico. So, so but I'm like Puerto Rico, Latvia, here, here, here. So that that's just um an interesting tidbit I wanted to to because it's a podcast and, we're, yes. and we and we got a, we got a whole bunch of colors. So, I have another a volleyball question for you, all right? You you yes, You learn the game, you're coming up in this game. Your dad played on a Corrier as a savage. Um all of these chess pieces are shaping up and which leads to this very very question. Was there a and I've asked this other, I've asked other players this. Um including John Mayer. Um yeah. was there a particular tournament or a match when you left the match telling yourself i'm really good at this and i think i can do this for real 
Was there a defining moment? Was it just an accumulation? Yeah, question. Like my question is, was there an accumulation or was there, uh, 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 during that accumulation, was there a particular tournament where you left and everybody's like, yo, John, that was awesome. You know, uh, holy yeah. shit, you got it. Or hey, bro, hey, bro, hey, bro, when are you going to play pro? So yeah. um, uh, I'll, the floor is yours if you get the question. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's a great question. I'd say... I'd say it's definitely AVP New York 27, either 2018 or 2017. Oh, it's um, you and Tim. Yeah, me and Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I think I had won one match out of six or seven in AVP qualifiers, um, which was tough because youth tournaments, I kind of just won everything. Not like it was still very competitive. I had a great age group, but everything that there was to win, I'd always just get a great partner and be able to win it. Um, so I was kind of spoiled going into the actual men's tournaments and coming in and get, just getting the shit kicked out of me every match. Um, just realizing it's a completely different game. Uh, but that New York tournament, Timmy and I were training for, what tournament was it? U19 World Champs in China. I think. Yeah, that was we were, a big one. You and Tim. Yeah, we were training to uh, to qualify for it, not not to even go for it yet. But uh, we played that AVP New York and played Christian Honer. Forget who his partner was. First round, we beat them. Um, beat them in three, and then we played Rafi and uh, Brandon Clements. That was right after Brandon and Ben kind of split ways. Rafi picked up Brandon. They were kind of hot shit. And then, that was, um, was that 2018 or 2017? 2018, it has to be. Yeah. Because 2017, that was a gnarly qualifier. That was Ricardo and, that was Ricardo and Came Shock in a qualifier. That was yeah, yeah, Reed, yeah, Pretty, yeah, yeah. Reed Pretty and Madison McKibben in yeah. the qualifier. I mean, what? <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, it, New York's always been a bitch, but it was never like that. No, it's not really. Not one that I've played. Gnarly. Just imagine Cam Beans playing his best volleyball, and you, but he has to play Ricardo and shock the first time. <laughs> so, all right, walk, walk me through this. Because the whole time while you're talking, I'm pulling it up, actually. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, set one would be Christian Honer. Ooh. I, I, can't, I can't forget, remember for the life of me who he was playing with. Um, Honer was playing with Vaughn, Chris Vaughn. Chris Vaughn, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he was playing with Vaughn. Um, beat them in three, I believe. Then, yeah, we get... <laughs> Robbie and Brandon, and I don't know. It's Holy kind of a theme today, but yeah, first set, they kicked the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know what they're saying right now. Look yeah. at that! Look at that! It should be total score. Yeah. <laughs> it should. It should be whoever wins by total score. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Go ahead. Sorry. Look at the look at the next two sets too. 21, 19, 15, 13. Those, that's gonna take a while. Look how short the match was. Like that first set went by in like. 11 minutes or something dude these are <laughs> these are these are lessons these are teaching yeah. tools for look eventually you're gonna get older and you're gonna teach some kid out there like it's not um it's not if you can win by 11 or 10 or yeah. you can win by two it's still one win. Score resets <laughs> and then you could say hey look back when i played in 2018 i want to show you something yeah. look at this seriously <laughs> <laughs> so okay all right so we got 
uh Honer and Vaughn. That's not an easy out, even though um yeah, you know that, that's that was that, not an easy one at all. That's a good team. No, but I, honestly, if it's a scrap fest, I give you and Tim every bit of a chance as, as if it's just this conventional yeah, power yeah, yeah. power game. If it's a scrap fest, I think you could win that or lose that. But got, um Absolutely. so you got um Clemens and Paulis. Yeah. Rafi Paulus is like my player, um, my most improved player, like the first half of this year. He looks so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and the Harvard boy. Yeah, great. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's 15, you know, 13. Timmy and I, we were, uh, and I think that's when we had Alzina in our box. I, here, no, I, I was wrong. We, we had qualified for the China tournament at this point because we had, we had yeah. Alzina with us at this tournament. Right. He was, he was helping us through it and uh, just made a couple adjustments. Um, came back in the second set, playing with, uh, I mean, with everything to lose, not really with nothing to lose, with everything to lose. And then uh, just kind of figured some stuff out, kept rolling with it, rolling with it, rolling with it. And I think they didn't ex- really expect us to be able to put like, uh, like a real defense in front of them. And we did. And Did you split block? Out. Yeah, we split block. Good. And Th- I remember, uh, I think I remember us just running twos on Rafi the whole time. And just kind of trying to take away that uh because something different about me and Tim too is it's not like it's not like most teams where you um the opponent's best swing, you can just put a, a block in front of their face. Me and Tim is I mean, not really an option. Even Rafi is just going over the top of us, around us. He's seeing a ton of cords. So we had to put uh for Rafi's gnarly wrist away swing down the line because he was on the right side, we had to put our defense there and it just ended up working a bunch. So it, it is nasty. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like you it's, can block line and he can still hit the shot. It's crazy. I mean, uh, for anyone that's never seen him, continue. Sorry. Um, and then, yeah, squeak out a third as well. Um, <laughs> it, it was tough. I remember I remember lots of long rallies. It wasn't like we just kind of cleaned him up surgically or anything like that and picked him apart. It was a lot of scrappy volleyball, a lot of long rallies, and ended up barely coming ahead in the end. That that. That was the first match, kind of like you were talking about. I was walking around a qualifier, and everybody was walking up to me, wanting to talk to me. Just, oh shit, man, what's your name? What are you doing? What are you like? Who'd you just beat? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, that was awesome. That was and in then, Brooklyn uh, too. Yeah, exactly. That was, uh, uh, and that's great because that that yeah. you get a big, you get, you get a good turnout, like an after work turnout, yeah. especially since you guys, well, you that, guys that made was it that awesome round. venue with the like that that restaurant right there, and you could go on the roof. Remember? Yes. And, and then you had the view of all the courts. That that place was the best. I love that place. And it's night lights, dude. You can play yeah. till one Absolutely. in the morning there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we went into the dark in our in our last round of yeah. the quality. But uh, please, but yeah. After that, um, after that, Rafi and Brandon match, we played uh, Marshall Brock and Aaron Rice. Okay, had, that that was definitely the craziest match of the quality. Um, got them up twenty. Uh, yeah, so beat them the first. Uh, we were up on them twenty to eighteen in the second. Uh, score froze, and they ended up coming back and beating us in the second. And then they got up on us fourteen to eleven in the third. And with the freeze, we ended up coming back, making it sixteen fourteen. Wow! And then, okay, last but not least, this is a play-in. This is Ian Satterfield. And that was the beast. So yeah, the, the, uh, and the dirty New Yorker. It's yeah. look, Mark is not an easy guy to beat in New York, uh, uh, um, in a place in a setting he's all but familiar with. He's he's originally yeah. from Queens, New York. I know he went to George Mason, but he you know he does spend a lot of time in Long Island and, and um, 
mm-hmm. you know, there's something to be said about going there. Definitely early. had the home crowd there. Yeah, yeah. a lot of. Oh, they don't. New York don't like that. I mean, at that time, New York didn't like him. They ended up liking him later. You know, I, I remember he, he had Kurt Toplin. Ended up, he was playing the McKibbins in 2016, and they were cheering for the McKibbins. And I'm like, damn, you can't even get some love from your own home state. But let me. Uh, Mark was a hothead back then, but who he is now? God, he's the guy. That guy's like living proof uh, that that like, you know, you can't judge someone by five years ago. Like, and, and I'm I'm not even talking about the game. Because I'm not, I mean, it would be incredibly stupid of me to judge you as a player now from what you and Tim were five years ago. Yeah. That was an exciting team, but your volleyball IQ right now, like like that, you and Tim right now beat that team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You I and that team beat Burek. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what Cannon would, Cannon would and most possibly will beat Burek and Satterfield. And I'm just... You know, I give myself permission to say that because, uh, um, me, uh, I think Jeff. Alzini, oh, damn! I thought you were talking about me and Tim from now. Be me and Tim from back then. Uh, oh yeah, uh, no, come on, y'all got. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I no, think that's I think like we striking a minor, striking man. A you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Tim and I could definitely get that get that win if we played again. Then, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just. I mean, we're just completely different players now. We were. I mean, we were like legitimate boys back then you're right like <laughs> well something a lot of us older players suffer from is called i call it veterans curse mm-hmm. and this isn't just like an int- uh, like a double air this isn't you know there's like double a there's triple a and then there's different levels of open right and all, all the way yeah. up to the world league to the best in the world no player no team can help but fall trapped to this if i played you four years ago and and I beat you, and if you play me now and you beat me, I'm pissed. Bec- and the and the the real reason why I probably lost in the first place, because in my mind, I still think I have the advantage of playing yeah. someone that I did not completely see the way you've improved. Yeah, you know. And if and if you see and I'm telling you, Satterfield and Burek, I mean, as experienced as they are, all the way up to to, to the Russians, to, to Krasilnikov and Stoyanovsky, if they come in believing they have a psychological advantage from what they did to you, uh, um, maybe not the recent past, but like, let's say, let's say it's two, two seasons ago. And this is like, this is what, almost four, four years ago, right? This is 2018, three years ago. Um, so the veterans curse is... Sometimes they fail to realize the St. John Schwangle, the St. Schwangle and Brewster from from three years ago. You know, like, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, it's weird. It's 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 like Chris Rock doing his stand up comedy thing. Like, I'm he's like I'm 50 years old, and everyone looks at him. He's like, New Jack City was a long time ago. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so talk about since I'm on the subject of. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. What did I just jump back and forth? I just I drove us both. <laughs> I drove us both off the cliff. All right, <laughs> for America. Um, <laughs> let's. I got you and Tim on, on on my subject matter. Mind talk about China a little bit. The experience of going there. Did Alzina go with you there too? Yeah, dude. That easily probably the, one of the gnarliest trips I'll ever take in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Nanjing, China is crazy, man. It, it. It. I don't know how they had a volleyball tournament out there. Um, First off, it was like legitimately like 130 degrees. Yeah. It was it, it was the most intense and wild heat I've ever felt in my life. And we went to Cuba where it was super hot, Thailand where it was super hot. That's I mean somewhat nearby. Um, Argentina when it was hot. Um, 
don't know. We've been all over really hot places. AVP next in Texas. Was it hot at night too? Oh, was it desert weather? Um, Was it like the South Bay? It was, it was very dry, very like desert like. Yeah. Um, But uh, people were passing out. People were peeing. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was, it was wild. Uh, Just all this on the court too. Um, And we, and the the other really weird thing about the city is that it's like it's like a very protective culture because of like some horrible stuff that happened there in World War One in the past. So it's like it's very sheltered, very protective. They don't really like foreigners at all. So it, it was a weird experience being there as like almost a what they viewed as kind of like a tourist, like just in here for some stupid beach volleyball tournament, you know. And they stare uh-huh. at you for a long time, don't they? Yeah. You and walk into a room, it's like, they're like, do you know you're violating the seven-second rule, guys? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just very different culture, very different food. Um, the heat, uh, I'm, I'm going to remember that heat for the rest of my life. Um, I'm most thankful for it because it makes nothing really feel like that hot anymore. Yeah. Um, I've, just, I've felt hotter, so it always doesn't seem like crazy. Well, the, well, the reason why I was asking, like, New York, right? Yeah. It can be 85, but the humidity makes it feel like 100. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about New York, um, on the social level, if it's hot during the day, you don't have to worry about dressing up at night. You don't have to worry about wearing a coat. You can go to a roof party, and that yeah. hu- very much like Hawaii, I guess, that humidity kind of carries over, and, and you can party at night. When I moved here to the South Bay... You know, I'm like, oh, nice roof deck, oh, you know, nice, nice patio. I'm going to be out here on my laptop at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's freezing, dude. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's brick. <laughs> dude, it's brick out here at night. So that's why I was asking it. Was it like, you know, how were the how was the night? Were the, were the nights uh, as warm as the perfect. day? Night matches were very comfortable yeah. other than, uh, I forget what the bugs are called. I think there were cicadas. There was right. like cicadas yeah. everywhere at night. Just, like circling the courts and the bleachers and everything. You're just um, like, I've never seen anything. Where's the raid? I've never seen anything like this in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really wild. Kind of, it kind of made watching the matches a little bit hard, but it was, the, the temperature was great on the court was great. Um, at night lights were awesome. It was like a full FIVB stadium and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our day matches, I'd, I'd never, I'd never experienced anything like that heat. Um, they'd have these like ice cold showers uh right outside the court for right when you finish your games and you'd go under the shower and you'd get like less wet because you have a layer of sweat like that thick on yourself it's just how do we remove that layer <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need some real water bruh um new we're at new orleans were you at coconut beach uh no not new orleans i think that's the only one i missed this year that was really that was really hot too People really? clamped up. In fact, I heard, um, I heard it was pretty hot. Yeah. Um, In fact, Clothin Nuss yeah, won via forfeit. Well, yeah, and uh, Evan and Logan uh, Piotr was cramping. At yes, the <laughs> that yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I only, I, I mean, I was there. I was calling. Um, I called center court. Um, there was, there was. Um, I guess for beach volleyball, what I would call my 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 break because it was outside of the region. You know, like I've done Pepperdine's home games, FIVB, I did Vegas, but this okay. is what this is something where like a whole bunch of people didn't know me, and they had this argument in the room. Like, I don't care about star power. I don't care. This guy did that. Is this guy the best man for the job or not? Yes or no? And like everyone in the room said yes. So so as far as like brace are concerned, you yeah. know, they they started me on court one or whatever and they I did one solo, I did one color, 
color commentary and then I did one play by play and then I did the finals. I did play by play and that, and that that crazy dude, that MC. Yeah. What the hell's his name? Dave Shaw? Were you at, were you in Atlantic City? Yeah, yeah, I was there. That dude is <laughs> That dude is a savage, man. Yeah. He's a savage. And he wore yeah. and he wore that Boston shit to piss me off. <laughs> he has a jacket. Yeah. Did you see the jacket? It's yeah. sewn uh, in. Are you red talking about socks. the green one or the other one? No, it's a red jacket with Boston signs on it and red okay. socks sewn in. Yeah. It's and it's not a cheap jacket. It's like Oxford clothes. It starts at like twenty three hundred dollars a suit. That's how you start before they start tailoring. And this dude sewed a whole bunch of Boston and Red Sox in there. And I'm like, I'm like, do you have the pants too? He's like, I got the shorts. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, what? Oh Jesus Christ, you know. So um, Atlantic City is an, uh, I guess, an example of how it's hot during the day, but yeah. but your nightlife is kind of cool. They had like this little outdoor yeah. club. They're, yeah, they're a lot more like dry. Than, yeah. Uh, Wendy Jones and I, she, she's my, she's kind of like my travel wife. Mm. We, um, there was a fire drill at the hotel, a fire alarm at the Tropicana. So we decided to, um, I just felt the ground shake the, uh, yeah. the whole time. And Wendy's like, maybe we shouldn't be inside, inside a building with the ground shaking. So we went outside and on the beach, when we, we looked, we saw like these lights, these overhead lights, these little light bulbs. We saw a DJ like on a high tower. And I'm like, holy sugar, that these guys these guys out here dancing and i'm like i i forgot i forgot we can do that so china all right so china right yeah. uh tell everybody what part of china where in, where in china nanjing, nanjing. nanjing. China. cool and you said you went nanjing to cuba you said yeah. you went to cuba as well cuba yeah uh havana nice it was pretty it was pretty sweet um was that a norseka yeah it was so that was it was like a uh a youth norseka um it was a qualifier for the 2018 Youth Olympics because, okay. uh, yeah, the winner of whoever or whoever got to go to China got to go to that. So Tim and I went there and we played and we ended up uh, qualifying by getting a, a third there. It was, it was a fun tournament. You played your first main draw. That's 2018. Was that Seattle? Seattle? Oh, yeah. Rowdy Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? What tournament that did was, you win? Uh, do, uh, who did you blackmail? Who'd you blackmail? Who do you, you yeah, know? So what kind was, of pictures uh, did you have on Donald's son that got you to another main draw? They, uh, that's when they gave us the uh, the wild card for the uh, the AVP first stuff. Okay. Um, and dude, I wasn't fully in like the qualifier scene, like fully in. I'd played for that was kind of my first year, like sort of sort of taking it seriously but i didn't really know anybody or anything so i didn't really understand it at the time but people went fucking ballistic <laughs> about that. And, uh, we got that bit you know like and so like yeah rowdy and i like i, I mean we weren't even cocky because we didn't really understand like how big of a deal it was but like we, we kind of stroll in the, on thursday like just checking out the qualifier site like i don't know like not like i said not cocky but kind of just being like hey like What's up, guys? Look at us. We're in the main. You know, like we're in the main draw. People are looking at us like, like they just want to walk up to us and like take it from us. You know, it's it was wild. And then uh, the McKibbins too. Um, my family's kind of tied with them. Uh, my uncle in in Hawaii teaches at Punahou. He taught them how to drive. He did their driver's ed. Um, and then Rowdy, he was the coach of his uh, his 18s club team. Or yeah, both of them were Madison and Riley. 
Okay. So we, we knew them super well. We were pretty, pretty close with them. Um, quick, funny story. <laughs> uh, we had a kind of like a volleyball get together at my house in Santa Monica. My family has a house right on the sand and uh, women's coach of UCLA, Mike Seeley. He's there. Um, Crabs are there. Spencer McLaughlin, uh, McKibbins, and I might be leaving some names off the list, but I don't remember the rest. They're all out playing fours or something. Uh, Mike Seeley has the idea of taking, of filling up water balloons and chucking them at the court from uh, from the second story of the house. So we do it, uh, go upstairs, get ready to chuck them, throw mine first, launch it, going towards the court, and uh, we see it's going for people. It's either me or Mike goes, hey, heads up. Madison McKibben looks up and then boom, it's no. right in the eyeball. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> was, yeah, and I was I was like I think I was like 15 at the time too, and I had just started getting into volleyball, and then all these great volleyball players are in my house, and then and the dude's up, the dude's a giant standing next to you too. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Uh, yeah, and he had like a black eye and everything from it too. It was it, it's it's funny to like to look back at, but in the moment it was horrifying. But he, he couldn't make cooler cooler about it though. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, but, then, but anyway, so we, we were super tight with them and they were the ones who we ended up bumping down from. Yeah. Cause they had to be the one, the one qualifier seat. Yeah. I forget what the draw was like in Seattle. I think it was a 16 at the time. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's, uh, four, so it's, a, it's 12, 12 on points 13. and four qualifier spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they, yeah, they were pretty, uh, they were pretty unhappy Madison ended up being really cool about it, uh, interviewing us for their YouTube channel and stuff and like talking about it and talking about how we know them and uh, like what, what it was like to play in the main draw. Uh, we played Phil and Nick on stadium court the first day. It was really cool. But uh, yeah, Riley didn't want to talk to us for that tournament. <laughs> isn't <laughs> it, but isn't it crazy that it's in our human nature to hate the player and not the game? Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it amazing? Uh, I mean, on a okay, on a on a layman. Well, like, that's what Rowdy and I were saying on Thursday. Like, we're walking around. Everybody's giving us glares. Everybody's staring at us. Like this, this shit we didn't earn or whatever. And we're just like, did you all want us to like say no? Like when they had said to give, uh, when they offered to a bit in the main draw, like say, oh no, sorry guys, we don't we don't deserve this. Please, no. Liars, liars, <laughs> liars, liars, all of them. Every single one of them would have said yes. If they oh, yeah. were in your shoes, every single, regardless of age, they could have been five, all right? Every yeah. single one of them would have said yes. And, and, and again, to like the audience listening, I think it's crazy that if someone gets voted like prom queen, instead of getting mad at the voters, Y'all want to take it out on the queen. <laughs> what's your problem? No, what's my problem, right? What's your problem? What's yeah. our problem as human beings? Because and, and at some point of our in our lives, John, we've all done it. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, you like, you like a face it. to put blame to, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard to blame a population. Mm-hmm. It's, hard, it's, it's easy to look at you and be mad at you. Well, to me, two things come into play. One, if you have an issue with the people that do, that, uh, if there's an issue with that guy doing that, we just we already covered that, right? Take it yeah. out on someone else. I'm here. I'm doing my job. This is what I want to do. It's an opportunity, and I realize it's an opportunity. And just like every single person in this room and outside the rooms, uh, glaring glaring through the walls, uh, all of you would take it, right? <laughs> all yeah. of you would take it. That's one. And two, I just think 
okay, Riley and Madison, they know you, all right? They know you since you're 15 years old. But I think some people, if they know what you've been through before you even got there, you're there, maybe you deserve to be there, maybe you don't. But if people took a look back that all the stuff that you've been through before you, you, you're even old enough to, to drink, old enough to drive a vehicle, old enough to serve in the military, right? Old, old enough to buy cigarettes. Um, if they realized the journey that you took in your childhood that led you to that moment, they'd have a little bit more respect. They'd have a little bit more fucking respect. Um, trust me, I know. A guy who's moved here five years ago that, you know, came here with what? 30 years playing experience, 20 years coaching, 10 as a commentator. Mm. I knew I kind of had to start over again and this and that. But uh, I can speak for you, um, but only for myself as an older person. If people knew, and I I posted on this on social media, uh, um, Mm. if people realize what you went through to get here, there'd be a little bit more fucking respect. Like, John, if yeah, you did yeah. any reading on me, you'd be like, holy fucking shit, this guy did what? <laughs> you yeah. know? Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think I think you're right to a certain degree, too, but kind of like you were saying about um, you moving out to, from New York. I mean, once, you, once you're an AVP qualifier, like, I think a lot of that does just go out the fucking window, you know? It's the gladiator pits. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I forget if it was me or Devin, but I, I thought it was stated perfectly and in the qualifiers because uh, that was the first time we had beat like really good teams and people who were there like expecting to qualify really really hungry to qualify uh, I, I can't remember which one of us was the one who said it but uh, it was we kind of we kind of deemed it uh, AVP qualifiers is where dreams go to die um, <laughs> so, I mean yeah Devin's looking at these guys that we're beating and just like so devastated like everybody is after they after they lose in a qualifier you know everybody's had that feeling just being totally distraught and not knowing what to do, but um, and, yeah. and it's multiplied. Hold on, gladiator bit. Yeah, but it doubles. Sorry to interrupt, but it doubles and triples as you go further into the rounds, right? Because the further into the rounds, the more you're going to run into the to a team that expects to qualify. Oh yeah. Sorry. Well, the more you win, it's just like the more you want it too. So because everybody in that last round, it's like I don't know, it's like two dogs with a bone in the middle, you know. And and outside of the South Bay, you you do get a lot of teams like that that expect to qualify. Like, oh, yeah. look, I go to I see the, the the qualifier in Manhattan Beach, and I know some of those teams. They're there and they're they're gonna give it the old college try, but in their heart of hearts, they know they ain't gonna qualify, dude. You got yeah. Matza, you got Steve Kahn yeah. playing playing with some guy, or you know whatever in the first. You got Mark <laughs> Mark Schuerman, right? Stop, just stop. So I mean, but yeah, yeah New York was gnarly like that. You know, oh, like yeah. Can Beans wants to qualify until he saw Ricardo in the other end. Like yeah. you guys, you guys, I think you and Brewster didn't put the pressure of expectations on your back. I think the cool thing, just yeah. going out there and yeah. playing gets you a long way, you know? Because, well, I mean, it, please, the, there was there was good and bad to it, but the, the mindset of AVP qualifiers at the time was just practice for, for China, you know? That yeah. was the most important thing to us. That was our first priority, so... Everything else was kind of just practice and mm-hmm. getting better and learning from it. So that that did help alleviate some of the pressure. Um, it did kind of hurt sometimes. Like I'm, I'm sure, like like you've said to dudes a million times, just like fuck everything, just get a ball to the sand somehow. At this point, support, you know. Yeah. We didn't really have that. That's maybe what we needed at, in the end against uh, Burek and Satterfield. Uh, yeah, Mark and Ian. Yeah. Um, 
because they they definitely had that too. Obviously, not that hard against me and Timmy. Like, not big blocks. Or whatever. They're they're big guys. Where you don't have big blocks, they can just swing around this football to the sand. But we were a little too like. It's hard to say it in like in a negative aspect, but like technically focused, you know. Yeah, I. Well, something else. Since we have a whole bunch of listeners uh, um, on this podcast, something you and I have to remind everybody about the qualifiers, because I, I tease some people like they they know that I'm not gonna make the draw this and that. I'm half kidding, okay? The other half of me will say this. Yeah. It represents the best of each region. Like, oh, yeah. so I mean, just this this whole thing, this whole validation game, people play in their head, which which makes them age a hell of a lot faster. Just throw that out the window when you're when you're in a qualifier. The, look, you can have Mark Fornicari in a, in a qualifier in Manhattan Beach, not qualify, lose the second round, but put him in the Pottstown Rumble grass court. Yeah. Put, put the same put some of those same teams in the main draw like the Baumgrens or Troy Field or Eric or whatever. And I'm telling you, Fornicar is gonna beat you. Fornicar yeah. is gonna take your lunch money. How do I know? Because he did. He 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 and um um Nathan uh, Nolan Albrecht did it all the way to the finals, subsequently yeah. losing to um who's this Russian cat with his jump serve that shakes the fucking gods? Oh um, wow. Andre Beloff. Yeah, on yeah. He used to play with Matza, yeah. Savage. Um, so Beloff it, it, and, and Josh Lucas. No joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think it was me and Tim who played against him. It, dude, feels like you're passing a bowling ball, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's an indoor. I, I call it an indoor worthy jump serve. Yeah. Like you'll see guys like KJ. Remember Chris Johnson when oh, yeah. he entered the beach scene and when he's on fire with that serve, you're just like. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I played him in Central Park. Um, I was up 20 to 17. And he asked me, he's like, what's the score? I was like, uh, I said 17, 20. Guys, there's five aces. I'm like, okay. All oh, right. He could have <laughs> just done that anytime he wanted. Good. Okay. That's, that's good to know. <laughs> no, but I think the point I was trying to make, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Samuels, right? Chicago. Didn't qualify. What does he yeah. do? He goes to motherload. Wins the whole damn thing. Uh, uh, um a tournament where a lot of people like Miles Evans and Kalinsky have not won, you know, have got, yeah. gotten to the finals. So sometimes it's about your region. Sometimes it's about people that are that that have cracked the code because there's some people that make they make the main draw every time they qualify because they just they, they figured it out. Right. They cracked the code. The McKibbins. I mean, the McKibbins were we were talking about them. They were qualifying machines for a long time. Yeah. I, I hope they never. In fact, I hope they never have to qualify again. Dude, they, they earned it. They, if it, if yeah, you know any, who else turned yeah. into it? Mm-hmm. I think is Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude. Oh, Berenic? Yeah. Fuck, fuck yeah. Dude, I, uh, 2019, he was the fucking king of the qualifiers, dude. <laughs> he qualified seven like times with six partners. different partners. Oh, a, a total. But a total of eight times with seven different partners. A total. But but um, like you said, four times with four different partners. What was it? It was Matt Proser. Uh, um, that was great because I remember they played Lotman and Derek Olson, that, which is the third round. It wasn't even the last round to play in. Um, he, um, who's the indoor guy from USC, outside hitter, driving a fucking Uber? What the hell's his name? Um, Yoder. He played Yo, with Yoder. Yes. He qualified with Lucas Yoder. Yoder. Yeah. He qualified with Mark Brunstein. Yeah, oh, that Michael, was sorry, Michael Seattle. That was the first one ever, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, qualifying machine, hitman for hire. That's what I was calling him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> hitman for hire. Um, I, he was with uh, Marty too in Austin. Yes, uh, a Lorenz. <laughs> and then Topple for Huntington. 
I don't think they had to qualify. No, but, no, uh, they, were in a, they were in a draw. Yeah. And no, no it was Raddy. Him and Raddy didn't qualify for Hermosa Beach. They lost to. Um, this I think no. I think it was him and Bill that didn't qualify. No, him and Bill qualified for Manhattan Beach. But I'm pretty sure they played. Um, no, it was him and Raddy. They lost to Dave Palm and Dylan and Merrick. Dylan Merrick, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and I'm, I'm sp- speaking of which, didn't Dave Palm and Dylan beat like Case Bear and Shock on center court? That was, yeah. I don't remember. Well, you don't remember because you were one of those guys, man. That that. <laughs> That was Hermosa Beach 2019. That was the tournament of the upstarts. Everybody who was t- 20 years old or younger was kicking ass. Chrissy Jones, Muno, from mm-hmm. the 43rd seed to the semifinals. Kraft, Maple, Megan Kraft yeah. and Maple, quarterfinals from the from the um, qualifier. Uh, the Norris twins made the draw. 17, just turning 18 years old. I'm like, which one turned 18 first? You yeah. fucking idiot, they're twins. Uh, um, Banesh and Adam Roberts beat Stafford yeah. Slick oh, and right. um, Stafford Slick and um, Billy Allen. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was that was the tournament of the upstarts. Like that was that was you guys sending a message saying, "Hey, we're coming." You don't you don't think there's a good generation of people bringing up the rear? Um, yeah. I, I that's a great sample size, you know. And and that's the other thing. The last question I was going to get to because I know you have to be starving right now. Uh, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be training some people and this afternoon I'm training my wife. This is my happy hour. This is like our happy hour day. We, yeah. we I use her as my experimental guinea pig. I try new drills, see what works or whatever. And then we I make up by just having dinner with her. But there's been a lot of and this is a tough question and don't let's just not at put emotion into this and that's that's a tough challenge for me because everything yeah. if you see any of my podcasts i go off on these spiels all the time but yeah. there's been ridiculous chatter um some of it's justified and some of it's unfair phil's retiring right mm-hmm. jake's are jake's jake's gone nice send-off I, even though i didn't see a send-off for phil maybe he's still playing who knows um yeah. There are concerns about the next generation of, of, of volleyball players bringing up the rear and what it means to the world scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you the floor in a minute, but I, I want to give you my take. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see it at first. I didn't like what I saw at first. But sometimes if you sometimes it's to, to appreciate a whole movie. You, you can't just watch the 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes and be dismissive. You, you yeah. Like Shawshank Redemption, right? If you ever seen that? If, oh, if you cut off, if you turned off the TV the night before his escape, you would have thought it was a shitty movie. Yeah. This, this is depressing. I'm not watching no, this shit. Yeah. My, in fact, my ex was going to leave and I told her, I said, five more minutes. Watch yeah. five more minutes, then you can turn it off. And then, then when he escaped, she's like, oh, what happened? And I'm like, now nah, we're going to turn this off. I don't turn it off. So, um... Yeah. For me, I had to watch the whole movie to appreciate Shawshank Redemption. Uh, um, speaking metaphorically, which seeps and yeah. transcends what I'm talking about now. I didn't see it with you three years ago and Tim Brewster. I, I, saw, I saw flashes and I thought the flashes were very few and far in between. Now, I'm being honest with you and, and me and you, something you know about me is I only critique volleyball players with volleyball. I ain't saying nothing about your mother. I ain't saying Absolutely. you should go fucking die and live in a log cabin, all right? Um, but I see it now. But I see it now. So my question is for the people who have who don't see it, um, do you do you share the same message I do? Just say, hey, have a little patience. 
You know, I wasn't even old enough to fucking drink. And you think I'm supposed to be an AVP champ? Oh, I'm not, I'm not even old and, enough. To, uh, I'm not even old enough to pop the fucking champagne. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that and like, um, it's so, it's so hard because like the higher and higher level that you get, there's so few opportunities to actually compete at that level. Right. And, and then, I mean, look at, um, look at like the concentrated older talent in our country that's been around for the last um, 10 years. You know, it's very, it's very like congested at the top as far as the best players. I mean, right. they're undoubtedly the best. I mean, nobody below them is better than them, but it's hard to get to that level and get past it if you're not getting the opportunities, you know, and that's to Agreed. be able to travel to three, four, five stars. We have no idea how, um, I don't know, Andy's a good example. We have no idea how Andy would be doing at those tournaments right now. And it, it's easy to, especially before he got these great finishes this year on the AVP, it's easy to kind of dismiss him and say, oh, you can't even do this, do that, whatever. Um, but until you actually see them and give them tries and tries and tries and tries, I think it's unfair to dismiss anybody. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, if you were to judge me, Tim, um, Casey Losick, Miles Partain, um, any of us on our first few qualifiers, you, we weren't like fucking naturals going into the qualifiers winning no. winning matches instantly. You know, it all, it all it took us all like five, six, seven to be able to make it two rounds, three rounds, and then even longer than that to actually be able to make it in. Yep. That's, and that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I, and I have, look, the women's scene, I already knew they were coming. I knew April and Alex were going to do, we're going to do their, their thing. April's the best player in the world, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm not just saying that as an American who loves his own, because yeah. what you know about me, I'm the first one. I'm the first yeah. one to, to hold Americans feet to the fire. Um, Picking up Alex Kleiman, that's not a bad pick, right? Good indoor uh, indoor player, outside hitter that brings serve receive that that can bring blocking. She has size, so I knew they're going to do good. I knew Team Slays were going to do good. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, Anna Coyer is a good coach. Having Dana as an assistant doesn't hurt. Uh, um, TKN Cloth Cloth and Nuss uh, um, might have come on the scene to 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 people who only watch the tour, but but yeah. you and me, we know, we knew that. Oh yeah, we knew that. We knew. You know, they won eight straight tournaments before they even finished their last year at college, which they finished 35-0 and 0 and then then won Coconut Beach, then won Wapaka, then won Atlantic City, and then from the qualifier all the way to the main draw, all the way to the finals, won Atlanta, and then finished fifth in Manhattan, finished third or whatever. The women are looking good, and right. and, and, and they're nice, too, because there's a lot of cocky people out there. It's really, it's really nice to cheer for someone that you like, <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, you know, it's uh, sort of, I mean, is it? This could just be a personal experience for, uh, for myself, but I, I really feel like this sport, the humbleness almost gives you a strategic exa- advantage over other people, you know? Like, this isn't kind of like basketball or football where no. you kind of just say, like, fuck the competition, have the killer mindset, just I'm going to hit through their blocks, I'm going to hit over them, I'm gonna just going to beat them by being better. Um, at least from my experience, I don't see myself as better than a lot of people. I think it's just who plays better in the match, you know? And, Ain't nobody going to boo John Schwangle. Who going <laughs> to boo John Schwangle? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, you're straight. Um, but yeah, it's like just kind of being able to understand who you are as a player and then uh, who the other team is a player and what's the what's the possible way that you can beat them, you know? It's not always about like who's fucking better. It's kind of just who plays better a lot of the time. Time in the video room helps too. Like yeah. if the players aren't doing it, at least enlist a coach that can, you know, like – I mean, Jeff, I wasn't his real coach per se. I just, I just, nobody, nobody lives in the video room uh, uh, um, like a hermit more than me. 
Mm. Um, I mean, I've showed people this, but I'll I'll show you this now. This is this is what my command center looks like. This is basically when I'm not doing juniors. This is where I spend all my time. Sorry, if I can, I guess I'm not gonna. Then there it is. This is where I spend all my time. Monitors. Ooh. This this place. Those yeah. are my it's my education, military service, and some important trophies. You know, because you because right, John, we can't keep them all. We we can only keep yep. the ones the ones that tell a story. Right, as you get older, that room full of trophies, you got you can only only pick out ones that keep. Uh, but um, people are just giving me a ton of shit for throwing away. Uh, I no. had a big handful of stuff I threw you away. You gotta. You can't give me shit for it, but I, it, it didn't really. You can't keep them all. Never dude. Talk about it again, dude. I'm a late bloomer. Okay, you've won yeah. more more trophies probably before the age 18 18 then i've won in a 10 year period okay um so you have to you have to pick you have to pick them out right so yeah so on my wall i got what i got the german regional championship i played in germany um my first conference championship with hunter i played at hunter um for i was at hunter for a cup of coffee <laughs> and of course my honorable discharge from the military and then my college degree so whatever but sorry go ahead yeah. But I like, but I I like what you guys are doing, and I know we, we got to go in a minute. But I, I I like the direction it's headed, and I like the the people from your group, uh, uh, your, uh, you know, um, I wouldn't say team. It's almost like an AOC thing for like Democrats. It's like five people they call the the squad or whatever. People from your squad have cracked the code and they figured it out. Miles Partain, they figured he figured out the 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 formula on how to qualify. Um, and Absolutely. he knew, and he knew it wasn't not qualifying was not wasn't not indicative of of him being good enough or not. It's just about knowing your region, knowing your competition, and figuring that out. Because again, the same guys, those same guys at Motherload. Or at, or at Wapaka, or 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 you know, or, or the Pottstown Rumble, which is the most grueling volleyball tournament in all of volleyball. Uh, yeah. Big court, right side out. Those guys will clean your clock. <laughs> you know, if you if you're gonna go in there, I was in the main draw. Blah blah blah. So, God bless you guys for that, man. God God bless you for figuring it out. Last question before you go. Um, you and Schwengel, uh, I'm not you and you're you are Schwengel. You and Berkey qualified uh, Chicago main draw. Um, did you go into the players tent and not feel like an imposter? Um, I mean, I don't know. That, that was my third one. I kind of did a little bit. That's right. You did it with uh, Brewster. Sorry. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. Not Brewster. First one with Rowdy and then second one with, uh, Steve Irvin, uh, Hagen's, Hagen's old partner in Hawaii. Uh, Good player, man. That was, yeah, no, seriously. Talk about a great, just pound for pound for pound volleyball player. That's Steve Irvin. He is disgusting. Yes, man. he is. He's so good. But, um, and he's highly intelligent uh, too. Oh yeah, very. He just had a he just had a boy, he just had a baby. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Oh my he lives, god. He lives right. like the border of Santa Monica and Palisades. Yeah, I'm gonna stalk his profile. I'm gonna, yeah. be, I'm gonna, but, be, uh, I'm gonna be creepy like that. That, that. With him was my first time through a qualifier. Okay. But I'd, I'd already kind of felt the, the weird vibe in the players' tent, like the guys that you're usually looking at on Amazon Prime or Peacock or whatever. Um, so I wouldn't say I was like less of an imposter. I'd say just more used to it. But Devin for sure was sitting down like. Oh, this is this is fucking real, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, what's his name, Travis Mirador, was saying the same thing when he qualified. Mm -hmm. It took a couple of times qualify. Everyone sees your face, everyone whatever, and this and that. And um, I mean, yeah, me. I'm a guy with a Yankee hat. I'm just rolling up in there as a coach. I like what's okay. Yeah. What's I thought that's the guy who just shoots YouTube videos. So <laughs> so there, there's also a part of me that that that. As long as I don't look to the left and the right, I don't have to break character. <laughs> you know, I have to be like, don't look at me like that. You know, again, you know, uh, I don't like playing the validation game, but I, but I will say 
just like I'm saying to you, if they knew what you've been through just to get to there, there'd be there, there wouldn't be this feeling where someone makes you feel like that. Only you make yourself feel like that. Um, John, um, all right, so we're going to wrap up, but let's say it is a fan out there, someone who wants to stalk you, someone that wants to know more about John Schwengel. Is there a, what's your, what's, what's your like Insta handle or is there a particular site? USA yeah, Volleyball, um, and I know you got a profile on and this and that, so I yeah. want to know about, more about John. Where do I go? Uh, i say the only thing really is just Instagram, John Schwang, J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-E-N-G-G-G. Um, other than that, I'm on Twitter, John Schwangle. I'm on Snapchat. That's it, really. Not really on Facebook or anything like that. All right, cool. Well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, John might love all of you, but me, I don't. In fact, I can't stand any of you. In fact, I'm out of here. In fact, we're out of here. We got, we, you got to go eat and so do I. I got to get fat. Yeah. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your desktop, for all of you online at Starbucks watching this on your droid, for John Schwengel, this is the Option Podcast. I'm Jason DeBiz. This is episode 110. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.